0: Thank you for tuning in to Late and Disorganized It's another one of those where you're riding along with me while I take care of business and I had inspiration to do a show based on a lot of um, Things that I've been seeing lately that have been eye opening for me. To start off, it's great to um, be at the age I am to witness a lot of um, answers manifest. One of the uh, things that I'm seeing is a lot of uh, athletes that have retired now do podcasts or do interviews in which they tell stories of when they were in the league. And a lot of the stories that they tell and their personalities give insight into why things happened the way they were, why they happened sometimes you uh when you' when you're witnessing them on on the team and, and they have kind of a little bit of troubles you you wonder like why why didn't that work uh given the talent that they had why didn't they they win more and then you you see them in their interviews and they tell stories and, and you see their personalities it's like oh it makes sense why that player didn't succeed in that system that he should have succeeded in because his play style matched the play style of that team you would get a great running back that goes to a team that he should succeed at given the coach and everything and he don't he don't succeed and you wonder like how could they not use that guy right and then he does a podcast of interviews, and, and from what he's talking about, how he approached the game and his personality, he's a selfish individual. So, say you got a coach that puts together a game plan, they spend hours studying film, learning intricacies and habits, and they have a game plan that they want to enact. So they come out and they run a couple of plays that that player who is selfish doesn't see succeeding. So he comes out and he runs two runs to the right and those runs only make up uh, three yards per run. And that running back is getting upset because he feels like he's not getting plays called for him that will maximize his efficiency of utilize his ability. So the coach calls another play and the play is designed for the for the running back to follow a guard around the right. And the running back feels like, well, I'm not going to get much yards and I, I'm, I'm going to just do what I want to do. And he doesn't follow the guard. He just utilizes his ability and his instincts to do what he wants to do when he gets a 20-yard run. And he experiences success. And he feels like, well, I'm I'm better than the coaching. So I'm going to just do what I want to do. I'm not going to run the play the way the play is designed. So he runs the play the way he wants to run it, and he scores. And he thinks that, ah, oh, I, I, I did a great thing, and, and I superseded the coaching, and the coaching is bad. I'm going to do what I want. And in the second half, he doesn't score anymore. Not only does he not score, he gets shut down. And then and the announcers are like, they had so much success with the run in the first half, but none in the second half It has to be the coaching making a lack of uh, adjustments. It's bad coaching. It's not bad players. But the running back doesn't consider that. The coach understood that there's a linebacker on the other side that has tendencies to cheat too much in plays when um, they come his way. So the coach is actually trying to set up things in the second half or for the rest of the game by taking advantage of the tendencies of a linebacker to cheat and because the running back doesn't follow through with the plan the linebacker doesn't cheat so when the second half starts around and they 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 tighten up on the run the linebacker is disciplined so now the play action to that side doesn't work because he's not cheating And because the play action doesn't work, the passing game doesn't open up. And because the passing game doesn't open up, the running game is stopped. It becomes stagnant. Now, that player didn't think about the entire game. That player only thought about his needs and what he wanted to do. So the announcers will say, well, that's bad coaching. Well, really, that's bad players. (laughs) That's undisciplined players not following the game plan. And it made the whole team lose and made the coaching look bad, but it's only because the player didn't follow through. When you really start to learn football, realize how intricate game planning is and how little small maneuvers Dictate the game. It's not just about lining up and playing. It's really a game of chess. And you can't play chess if your chess pieces are playing checkers. Another thing that was eye opening for me is um, the recent things that have happened in Congress with UFO disclosure. They have some people that are able to tell a full deal, but they are stonewalled behind NDAs and things of that nature that keep them from talking. But they spoke enough to where Congress was like, okay, so where there's smoke, there's fire. So what these organizations and the government did is the way that they build programs is to compartmentalize things. They have enough people doing something that is specifically catered towards one part of an entire machine that they could put them in front of Congress and that person can tell no lies because all they know is what they do and what they've been told. But what they've been told and what they do is a small part of a bigger picture, much like coaching and the players on the field. So not only is it happening on the football field, it's happening in government. Not only is it happening in government, it's happening at your workplace. Not only is it happening in your workplace, it's happening within your family, with you and your children. So there's this thing, this way of being to compartmentalize things where everyone has a role and if you stay within your role everything will be successful but when you go outside of your role it makes things a lot more difficult and it creates leaks. Now this is something that is happening all throughout life in all different facets of life. You got to consider that when the Bible says Man was made in God's image. People only look at image. Our human beings were made in God's image. But no one ever considers that human the, a part of the image that we were made in is God's tendencies and God's great design for life. Because the same thing that's happening on the football field and happening in the government and happening at work is happening at life. We're all compartmentalized. We were all supposed to be compartmentalized. None of us have the big picture. All of us have a small portion of the big picture and we're supposed to play our roles and we don't understand the big picture. And then when we be selfish, we make things harder for everyone because we're not playing the role. It's kind of like when you um, spend a lot of your time behind the driver's seat. Drive everywhere you're so used to driving and then you sit in the passenger seat and you feel like everyone's driving is worse than yours but the reason is that when you're in the passenger seat you see more you see how fast the car is going past everything because you're just getting glimpses where before when you're driving you're basically looking forward you're not taking in the sights you feel how fast the car is going that you don't feel when you're driving because you're controlling the vehicle and it's a good metaphor for life. Is Sometimes you got to get from behind the driver's seat to experience life. You got to stop trying to control everything. You got to stop trying to believe that you know where you're heading. You got to stop dictating where you're heading and just ride in the passenger seat. You have to be a part of it and not in control of it when you think about how well strung that is throughout the entire life life, it's the DNA of life for everything to be compartmentalized and have a role and not be able to see the big picture and when we all play our role, we succeed. Somewhere along the line, um, us as human beings stop wanting to play our roles. We all wanted to be individuals and dictate everything and be bosses and be in control. And with the prevalence of that mind frame, it's no wonder that the, un- the, the, the amount of unhappiness that is that's being experienced in the, in the world right now came around the same time everybody wanted to start being individuals and want to start, start to be their own boss and everything. We're all designed to play a role. We're all designed to get from behind the driver's seat to enjoy the journey, stop trying to control the journey, stop trying to figure everything out, to try to sway where the vehicle's going Because when you're sitting in the passenger seat and someone's doing 50, you can feel every bit of that 50. And you tell them to slow down. You're too too close to the uh, the median. You're too close to this, you're driving too wild. We can feel everyone else is driving. It's scary. So we wanna get behind the passenger seat where it's less scary where we have more control, where we can dictate, where we don't feel the same conditions that are present as when we're sitting in the passenger seat. When one of those um, people from the Department of Defense came and talked to the congressman, the congressman left the, the meeting and the, and, the, and the media asked him did he learn anything different? He said, I learned absolutely nothing different, but I don't hold it against the people who came and talked to us because I can tell. And I know that they're telling 100% truths based on what they know. And what they know is by design. Downtown where I live, there is a projects, a historic projects that's been there for decades. You say the name down here and everyone knows exactly what you're talking about. And the name that it goes by that everyone knows isn't even this official name, but you say that name and everyone knows what you're talking about. A lot of different families have come from there and it's always been... A projects but recently gentrification has been taking over starting to take over in that part of town and I always wondered like how are they going to get rid of these historic projects because it has so much history and that's the one thing that that side of town the east side isn't going to give up because it's prime real estate where it is all of a sudden lately there's been News coming out that the residents of that apartment complex, that project, are complaining about the living conditions of projects. Had that had always been what they are, and there is a legal team representing the residents. now you got to realize what's happening there someone sent a legal team there to knock on doors and ask residents what the conditions were like and of course it's a project so they're not great and then amp these residents up to believe that if they make enough noise change will come to the projects their conditions will be made better and people will care. So think about how this is compartmentalized. The residents not seeing the big picture are thinking about their role and that someone is going to make their conditions better. The legal team are well thought out actors. Well intentioned people who believe that they're helping low-income minority individuals in a world, in a situation where the landlords are not taking care of this project. So they believe that what they're doing is the right thing. And the residents believe that someone is doing the right thing on their behalf. And because it's compartmentalized, from that point of view, all of that is true. Then you got to step back and real ask yourself, who sent the legal team? Who initiated the belief that the legal team should be sent out there to find out the conditions of the projects? The residents don't have the money to pay the legal team, so who's paying the legal team? When the true story is that those projects need to be gentrified, but nothing's going to change until you get the residents to believe that change is necessary. They make enough noise and they create enough legal action those projects can be gentrified. They can be torn down and rebuilt. But when they are torn down and rebuilt, they're going to say, oh, we're going to rebuild it. We're going to have affordable housing. It's going to be a mixed-use community. It goes from maybe 200 homes on that project catering to low income individuals to 50 and those 50 are all going to be stacked together. They're going to have low income next to median income surrounded by high income where before it was a low income housing project that was surrounded by all of these resources that high income people can take advantage of. So now you've cut the amount of low income people down to a percentage in that area. Easier to police. And with the amount of homes that are gonna go up and the taxes, you can push out the few people that have low income, but don't live in the projects. And eventually, the entire area is gentrified. But everyone who is a part of that only sees it from their perspective because everything is compartmentalized. And if you took one of those lawyers, after all of this happens, and the residents uh, see the result of what the lawyers have done, and they get mad at the lawyers because a lot of those lawyers are black. And they call those lawyers coons and sellouts. And those lawyers feel away way because they were just trying to help. And if you go to ask one of those lawyers that they know all of this was going to happen, they're going to say they didn't know. Because they were compartmentalized. They only had the amount of information that they had to believe that what they were doing was the right thing. You can put them on a lie detector test, and they're gonna, and it's gonna come out true that they had the best of intentions. Unfortunately, their best intentions were utilized from people who had the worst of intentions for that location. And at the same time, those people who are enacting that gentrification are a part of a compartmentalized plan. They think that they're ushering in a different reality for downtown. When really, they're a part of a cog of corporations that are going to utilize those high income earners to do what they want. Because all you have to say when you run a company that supplies income to people who make a lot of money is say yes on this initiative or we have to leave now the corporations control the government and everyone who's involved will say I had no idea this was all going to happen But it doesn't just stop at corporation control because they're a part of a bigger machine. From their perspective, they're doing what they believe is the right thing to do in a capitalistic society. They believe in survival of the fittest And they think that they are the fittest. They don't see the nepotism. They don't see the privilege. They think that everything that they have is earned, which makes it a lot easier to use them as tools because they're blinded by their own pride. And at the same time, this is all part of God's plan. As every city starts to look exactly the same, Lose its, its, the, they're losing their personality. They're all becoming many cosmopolitan cities that have the same stores, have the same personality. They're all uniform and when things are all the same things are easier to control. When things are easier to control they play their role. When things play their role you can play chess and not checkers. If you tell a rook to move and it moves like a queen